This is a HeadGum Podcast. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is a show. If I step a stone, should I let go? Should I let go? Should I go slow? Cause I gotta know now. I sound very uh, peaceful. You do have a very nice voice. Thank you so much. It's really like... If I had listened to your voice and looked at your face, I'd be like, whoa. But like, I don't know why. You yeah. have like a very like magical, charismatic, like round, full-bodied yeah. voice. Oh, that's so nice. It's cool. It's like I, a uh, storybook. Now you can relax easily and effortlessly now into the clouds. <laughs> wow. You could be a meditation app You know voice. what? I'm down. Welcome to another episode of Just a Tip, an advice podcast that's equally about its tangents as it is about its tips. I'm your host, Megan Batune, and today, to help me help you with all of the issues that may be surrounding your ether, we have Man and Matthews in the studio. Yeah, She's here I am. here being a better <laughs> singer than me. Yeah, we've been singing. Blending into the couch so nicely. Yeah, I'm wearing the same color as the couch, because this isn't filmed, is it? It is not filmed. No, you are wearing it. What is this, forest green? We're going to just have to guess what I look like. <laughs> Just get that imagination going. I'm actually a cartoon. It's awkward. If you were a cartoon, what would your outfit be? Ooh, what kind of question? A short sleeve pink tutu with flamingos on it. Every day for your entire duration on the seasons. Yeah, where all the you open the closet and it's just the same thing. Yeah, on the yeah, hanger. yeah. <laughs> That's actually my closet. Yeah, like it's just half black and half white. I want to simplify too. I want to like get rid of everything and just have black because it just it's just like let's get rid of the decisions. I mm-hmm. love black. I always love black. Black is the best. What does your closet look like now? It's just, it, well, I just moved a few, well, not just, but <laughs> three months ago. That's just. And, yeah, and it looks good for, like, having not that much time to work on it, but it is a mess, and it's it's very colorful, even though I wear the same things. Yeah. There's just a section where I go, but at some point, I will wear that. Yep. And it hasn't happened yet, <laughs> but no. my birthday's coming up, so I think I will wear one of the things. Oh, that's good. <laughs> That's yes. good. When have you ever done a Marie Kondo like minimal? Oh hell yeah! I do it all the time. Really obsessed. <laughs> it feels so good. It feels. Am- do you do the whole? Do you like say thank you to it? 
Um, or I, you just so kinda... I did that once. Yeah. Um, I used to just clean and clutter clear all the time, but then when I watched it, I did the I would I would bless it and say thank you, and then like I would forget to do it. Like yeah. so, I did it for like the first ten minutes, and then I was like, <laughs> okay, thank you, get out of here. <laughs> thank you, bye. Oh okay. my god, <laughs> been of service. <laughs> And I feel bad. Like, then I go, okay, well, I have to wear this one more time. I feel like I have to wear mm. something because it didn't get as much use. <gasps> yeah. So I'm like, okay, but I am going to wear that tomorrow, and then I'll throw it out. <laughs> and then do you? Um, I've done that twice. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so I feel like, oh, the clothing got its use. Yeah. I Even like, though I didn't feel wonderful in it. That's a thing. That's what sucks. You can't not feel wonderful. No, I didn't know this. And I feel didn't, wonderful. I literally didn't know this. And I was talking to a home. My, one of my really good friends is a home organizer, <gasps> and she was t- telling me about this. She's like, she's like, name three things in your apartment that you that you love. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I couldn't think of like really. And I was like, oh, my Nespresso maker. Oh, my mattress. Uh, I guess that's it. And then she's like, what do you love about them? To, like describe it. I was like, ooh, it feels fancy. Oh. It's cozy. She goes, okay, so that feeling <gasps> is, imagine everything in your apartment made you feel that way. Oh and I went, God. wait, what? Whoa. Can you imagine everything you owned had like that same vibration of like, hell yeah, attached to it so that every that you just loved everything that you had? No. Yeah, I well, can't that's, that's how her apartment is. And I'm like, Holy geez. shit, that's incredible. Yeah. Oh, I should do that. Yeah, me too. There's like every now and then I'll come across one little piece of advice that I'm like, oh my God, that's incredible. That is one. And then one I heard the other day, I can't even attribute to the right source because it was either a meme or a podcast or a book or someone said it. Truly have no idea who said it, but they were like, uh, if you tell yourself in your mind whenever you're in a situation that you don't feel worthy Mm. of, if you just say, the room is better with me in it. Oh, isn't it so nice? Like if you're going like onto a first date or like an audition or if you just feel bad in general, mm. if you're like collaborating with someone that you're nervous that they're going to hate your ideas, yeah. then you just say before you go in there, the room is better with me in it. That is just beautiful. It makes me, it makes my posture stand up a little bit more. Yes. Like my, I'm more confident saying that. Yeah. You go in in a different way, in a different energy rather than being like, I suck. I'm not good enough or whatever that fear is that's totally. like running the thought to interrupt it like that. You know, I heard Louise Hay say, I love and approve of myself. And so that's something I say to myself often because I said so often said the opposite unconsciously for so long. And I was yeah. like, why do I feel bad? Why do I feel bad? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not being kind. Yeah. Ki- kind to everybody else, but poor little Manon over here that's had so- to like re- reframe her brain and give her some good words to right. say to herself. I That's so, so interesting. Like, I feel like, I don't know if we're all, I feel like we all do that. But like when I, when I was talking in therapy about that, I was like, everyone else needs to, I need to take care of everybody else. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I need to dim my shine so other people can feel oh, good. That's the worst. It's so that's bad. That's such a, yeah, Marianne Williamson, right? She's She talks about, oh. it's our, the greatest fear that we have is not that we are not enough. It's it's the true fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It's our right dimming our light is not of service to anybody else. Yeah. Actually, when we shine, we give other people permission to do the same. Right. And I always thought it was backwards. I was like, oh God, if I'm too bright, people are going to get annoyed. And then it's going to make them feel less than, and I can't have that. So I'll just kind of level yeah. up and kind of be quiet. And it's like, no, people want to see you feel alive. They yeah. want to see you come to life so that they feel like, oh shit, so can I. It's like going on a dance floor. Mm-hmm. I always feel like I'm the first one on there because nobody's doing it. And I'm like, well, I ha- well, for one, I love to dance and I have to. But I noticed that- Wait, you have to? Oh, I have to. <laughs> 
Oh my god, I have to. <laughs> I am contractually obligated I to always gave dance. my blood <laughs> to dance. If there's music, I can't. I can't not. Yeah. I think I'm like programmed. Someone. I don't even know what happened, but I have to. You have to. So what happens? I've noticed when I do that, and people see. Oh well, look, she seems to be free or having a good time yeah. it gives other people permission to get on there and I notice it happens like right away within like a couple minutes other people start to dance and yeah. you know in a setting that's appropriate not like right now although we could <laughs> we absolutely could I always yeah dance floors make sense I always see it in real life sometimes when you know when they say like misery loves company mm. it's like that's true but if you're with someone if this happened the other day when I was in a bad mood and my friend was ostensibly in a bad mood, but then when she came over, she was the most sprightly thing ever. And it made me even more mad because mm. I was like, I thought we were on the same page. I thought we could like be together and kind right. of talk this out. Now it feels like you are completely fine. Right. And now I feel like I have to suck up my not fineness Ooh. because now I, I don't have anyone to relate to. I don't have anyone like being there for me. Yeah. Because you're not sad anymore and you're not really helping me anymore. Yeah, we really need to relate in order to feel connected. Yeah. That's for sure true. And for me, I don't feel like I I mean it de- kind of depends. Yeah. If I'm if I'm upset, it I find it easier when the other person's going through it too, so I can kind of listen to them and we can kind of go back and forth and connect and relate. I find if a person is faking being happy and there's an inauthentic yeah. inauthenticity in the space, even if I'm in a fine mood, it'll piss me off. Yeah. But that's only because I feel I'm picking up on something that's not real. Because there's nothing worse than being in pain, but then masking it with yeah. fake joy. Right. Because they're trying to like, it's like, we just want what's real. We don't care if it's happy or it's sad or if right. it's angry. I used to like, like anger used to scare me. But now I'm like embracing my own and realizing like, oh, I actually don't get pissed off when I see other people angry. I did because I wasn't acknowledging my own anger. But now that I'm like getting in touch with it, I'm like, oh, it's not as scary as I once thought. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going on a tangent. No, I love it. I haven't, I don't know when the last time I've been angry. I was trying to, I've gone to some seminars before of just like releasing like old traumas and they're always like, you're angry, yell. And I'm like, I'm honestly so sad and despondent that like, I'm not angry. I just am so sad about this. Yeah, sorrow is definitely a lot more comfortable for me than anger. In fact, I don't think I was angry for 20 years. And when I say I just got into touch with it, I literally mean like, a month ago, and I'm really? like, holy shit! I thought I, wa- I I like judged angry people. I was like, why are you so angry? Like, <gasps> to me, it's just all about sorrow. And then I realized um, I had pushed it down for yeah. so long because I didn't think it was appropriate for me, right, a woman, <laughs> yeah. to be angry and it's like ugly and it's just like it's like actually I went to a feminine masculine workshop, <gasps> and one of the exercises was like a man and man is in front of a woman and the woman just gives her yearning, aching heart and expresses her emotions through her body and the man just holds the space, right? Yeah. And one of the things in the room that I remember was the, you know, the instructor had said like, what did you want more out of your woman? And so, and one guy raised his hand. He's like, I wanted more rage. Mm. I wanted more rage from her. And the guy goes, okay, raise your hand if you wanted more rage from your female partner or your feminine partner, I should say, not necessarily because we all have both mm-hmm. masculine and feminine in us. And every guy raised their hand. Really? And was like, I wanted more rage. And, I, and it was shocking. I was like, wait, what? Because 
I thought I was under the impression that it was like, but that's my own issue. That's like, I was like, damn, I thought it was like too much. Yeah. Well, I wonder why. Is it because they just wanted someone to feel more like into it or like more committed to what's happening? Because if you're rageful, then you have some stake in what's going on. Like you care about it. It shows that you care. Um, It shows that you are, you know, passionate, that you care, that you're willing to get aggressive. And it's also, I don't know, they just, I I think, I don't want to generalize, but I can only speak for myself. I just got, I'm more comfortable tearing up and crying because I was under the assumption that anger covers sorrow. And so when a person really gets in touch Mm. with the sorrow, then they're not going to be angry because, because it's, it's like anger is more of a. It's it's easier to access than sorrow, so I'm always like, I'll just skip anger and go straight down to <laughs> I'm sad or whatever. Right. But apparently, rage is like it's a, a lot healthier than I thought it was for yeah. a long time, and I was very surprised that men wanted it, their women to be. I shouldn't. I keep saying men, women. That the masculine sure. is yearning to is like craving the feminine to be and rage. I wonder if it's so that they could relate more because they're then speaking the same language versus like someone coming with the energy that's rageful and someone coming with energy that's not meek, but a little bit more tender. It's yeah. like it, you can't really talk. Yeah, you can't. It's like one person will gaslight the other or just it will be an obsolete conversation. So I wonder if maybe they're like, now we can actually start working on this. It's like kind of like, there she is. There she yeah, is. There she is. Where'd you go? Come on out. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, that like that's real. That's raw. Yeah. You know? They just want what's real. Everybody just wants what's real. For for real. For real. Like, <laughs> honestly, there's been a huge shift. I don't know. So you... Let's get into, I guess, like how you got to where you are just quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Who we'll- are you, <laughs> by the way? Uh, it's just some woman talking about uh, masculine for me. <laughs> so you, did you get your start on Vine or were you already online, already acting, already doing comedy before? I was doing Second City okay. uh, improv. And then I, I think it was when I was in Groundlings that Vine had taken off for me. Mm. I was making Vines. Being a, being Having a following was not in the realm of possibilities for me. I was doing stand-up at the time. I was like, okay, I love comedy. I love clearly love performing. Um, it seems to be working out. Um, I haven't made it as an actor yet, but I hope to direct and act one day. And um, these apps are fun, so I'll start making Vines. And I did every single day. For, for fun, right? Like my intention was like to just create and have fun. And yeah. then, yeah, and then I did a Kristen Stewart impression and then it it literally overnight <gasps> blew up. Like, Whoa. yeah, and, and kept blowing up. And I know a lot of people had this experience on Vine where you're like, wait, what, how? Just by, wow. And, and so then I kept creating because I was like, well, now people are watching. But it was like, it was so fun because it brought back my childhood sense of wonderment with like filming. I used to film and edit that's what I did when I was a kid. Yeah. In dance, of course. Yeah. <laughs> in the bedroom to in sync for two hours a day. That's how I learned how to dance. Yeah, that's and me too. Wait, what? Yeah. How, from an in sync tape? From in sync and Britney Spears. <gasps> I just would have... watch their videos and that's that's how I learned to dance. Me too. In slow motion on a big, big TV. Oh Madison God. Square Garden, that oh DVD. Oh my God. It was amazing. Did you have Darren's dance groups too? Um, I didn't do them. No, I didn't do them, but I know exactly who and what you're talking about. Yeah, same. Okay, back to you. That's so awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. So we we might be around the same age. Yeah, probably the exact same. Okay. Unless, no, because you know I have a birthday and you didn't be like, me too. 
When is your birthday? October 22nd. Happy almost birthday. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Libra on the cusp of Scorpio. I am a Libra rising, <gasps> so that makes sense. Yeah, you seem like one. I'm a Sagittarius rising. I don't know what that means. It just means I come across as like free-spirited and you can't tie me down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it, like in the heart, I'm like a Libra. Sure, Quiet sure, and sure. like balancing and all about love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my moon's in Pisces, so I'm crying all the time. Yeah, and I'm an Aries, so I just need to be right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do an Aries So one. that's astrology with us. Yeah, it is. I just downloaded the pattern. Do you have it yet? I downloaded CoStar, but... Oh, I have that one. We got to sign up. The ba- I'm going to add you. <laughs> I was like, how is she doing today? Oh, I'm similar to him? Okay, yeah, cool. and then what? It's like, and then know. that's it. It's the pattern fun, is... I, it seems better, but I can never fully download it. Oh. Like I've got some phone issues. I'm on the 8 plus. People keep on making fun of me for not being up with the times. I think that's, no, I have the, is there a 10? Because mm-hmm. I think that's what I have. Yeah. It's not the newest one, but it's mm-hmm. a, okay. <laughs> I just don't even want to keep up anymore. I don't care. Like, I, I don't care either. works. Yeah. So. I actually it, regretted upgrading my phone a year ago. Really? I was like, that was a waste. Yeah. Now just more money. For what? Yeah. It's not any better. Another camera? Sorry. I mean, it's better a little bit. <laughs> I just got afraid that like Apple's listening and they're like, you are going down, man. And Do you ever get nervous to say things because of like potential opportunities? Of uh, oh. Oh, I didn't mean it like that. I just, oh, yeah. I literally meant like but I mean, Apple, ju- the company's going to like <laughs> interfere in my phone. Not oh, like not oh, give oh. me a job. I right. just meant like <laughs> even wider, crazy perspective of like... The planet's watching me and they're going to, I don't know. Have you ever used your phone to find something? Like, you know how our phones are always listening to us and the ads are that are served to us are just like based of what we're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Have you ever been like, I really am looking for like a leather duffel bag and just keep on talking about it and then seeing if it happens onto your phone? I've, I've searched stuff and it shows up, but I don't think I've ever verbally said it and then it comes on my phone. Have you had that? No, but let's try. Okay. Let's just talk about leather duffel bags. I want a dog to adopt. <laughs> Oh, hey, look, there's one right next to me. A cutie little. I wonder if, like, if everyone's phone is listening to this recording, if, if anyone gets a leather duffel bag ad served to them on Instagram, Facebook, or otherwise. I would love a leather duffel bag. Honestly, I have one from Madewell, and it's really nice. Ooh. They're going to do a Madewell ad. I know it. Holy crap. Yeah. But the, honestly, the one that I have from Madewell I've, is kind of expensive, but I use it all the time for a weekender. It's oh, nice. real cute. Is it big? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's all we need to talk awesome. about. Next subject. <laughs> Next subject. So I quickly internet stalk all the guests before they come. And I saw that you recently tweeted that you'll never fly with American Airlines again. Oh, shit. I need to delete that. That <laughs> feels so bad. Yeah. Let me... Th- I can't... What? What I happened? Did? Oh, um, let me think. I mean, there's I mean, always I something for, so, with airlines. Yeah. That was more of a way to like get their attention because I didn't feel like my emails would work. Right? So it's like, I, someone told me like, hey, if you ever have a problem with a, th- you know, airline, just tweet it. And so I did. I tried it. Yeah. Um, I think the issue was, oh, there was a woman that was like, had a bad attitude, right? Always. Really bad. And I was being overly, probably overly nice. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I, I hope you have a really good day. Like, I'm sorry oh. if I was confusing and like, trying to like, get to her to connect. Yeah. And then she wasn't having it. People can't connect. If they're mad, you can't connect. Oh, my God. It pissed me off. Yeah. I was like, just connect with me. I'm not hurting you. (laughs) I'm trying to like. Just connect. Just freaking connect. 
It's really difficult. I feel like... And then she punished me by checking my she bag. She punished you? My carry-on that I travel with 40 times a year. Oh, I'm on 40 different planes. I have a carry-on for a reason. Right. She's like, I'm checking this because... I don't remember what she said, but she was punishing me by checking the bag. And I was like, there's so much room up top. And then I got on the plane and there was so much room for my carry-on, but she made me check in. I was pissed off. Wow, a power And I didn't even get my stuff out of there, like my laptop. So what did you do on the whole flight? Well, I just watched. I mean, I think it had a TV. <laughs> so I guess it wasn't that bad. It wasn't bad. that bad of a flight. I'm sure there was other stuff too. Um, <laughs> but we're mad about it all. But I'm mad about all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to feel, I just want to feel like they're, <laughs> I don't know. Like they care? I don't fly with them that much. That's probably good. Yeah. I tr- I'm trying to get a lot of uh, points on Delta. I just, if you're listening to this also, Sign up for a frequent flyer miles in like every every club that you can. Yeah. To to rack up points. If you I didn't shop do that a, for years and I really regretted it. The biggest thing I regretted. And I only I probably only missed like maybe two years, which I guess is a lot, but it is so worth it. Do it right now. If yeah, you're, do it right if now. you're not driving, just sign up for every one of the airlines. I'm down for Delta. D for D? D for D. Down for Delta. I want to talk more about connecting, though, because yeah. that is the only thing that matters to me. Me too. And I, it's getting really hard when people aren't showing up the way that I want to. I think they're scared. I do, too. Yeah. But what's it's scary? It's too much. I mean, it's hard to go, like, what's scary on the other side of, like, crossing the scariest bridge of your life? Yeah. But, like, when when people are not connected and you try to connect, it's just, like, you're not—it's almost like they're in—it's like we're in the matrix, and well, we, it's we heartbreaking too. <laughs> it's kind of like a little kid going, "Hey, do you want to play?" And they're like, "No." Right. It feels. It could feel like rejection. It could feel like, but I'm here. I'm open. Yeah. Are you going to open to me? Yeah. And a lot of people are too afraid of what that might feel like, and maybe they shut it down a long time ago. I know. For myself, it's like it takes courage. Yeah. To connect and be vulnerable in that way, and I mean the cell phones biggest distraction and then everything else that's going on they think they're connected because they're looking online right have you always been vulnerable or you um or you opened up I guess like after a while of yeah I would say in my early 20s in my early 20s I started getting pretty vulnerable because I well actually I watched the Brene Brown yeah the Netflix her Netflix uh, talk? I, yeah, I watched that recently, but I watched the TED Talks like oh. six, seven years ago. Yeah. And she talks about vulnerability in that and how it's like what connects us mm-hmm. <laughs> and re- reframed that my vulnerability is my strength. It's not the yes. weakness. Yes. And that's where it's at. And that's when I feel most connected. That's when I feel most connected watching a film is the part where the person starts crying. Yeah. I'm like, that was the pivotal point. It's not when everything's going fine and perfect and there are no mistakes. It's like when the person really drops down and gets in touch with their heart and, and is vulnerable enough to say, I'm hurting. Mm-hmm. That's when I'm like falling in love with that part of the movie or with anybody. Yeah. If anybody's willing to go deep like that. You have me instantly. Yeah. I think that also, like, in this age of, I guess, digital creation, that's so, like, so much all the time. And it's all about, like, fast cuts and then being happy. It's like, that's not reality. It's not. So when it's people, dangerous. Yeah. Which is, I actually wanted to ask you that, too, because 
being a woman, I guess it doesn't matter about being a woman or whoever, but like, since I can connect with you as, as being a woman, it's like being online and being funny and happy. Have you ever gotten stopped in public when you're not feeling good and people are expecting you to show up the way that you are online? Um, I've, I'm sure I've walked around plenty not feeling good. It just so happens that I generally get stopped if I'm feeling peaceful or joyful. Oh. Um, so I, I'm, I'm trying to think back of a time. There was one time maybe in, at Universal Studios. It's always at Universal. Oh, jeez. They're <laughs> everywhere, those little fuckers. <laughs> the little kids. Like, they can't, they, I was, this was during the Vine days, and a group of girls came running up to me and was like, do your Kristen Stewart impression. Do your Kristen Stewart oh, impression. Man. My friend was like, she's not a monkey. Right. And then I did it. I like did the impression and they, they just kind of looked at me and then walked away as if I'm like not a person. And I was like, oh, that was so weird. That was the only time that I like, oh, that's... I disconnected feeling like that wasn't my favorite, but whatever, I, whatever, I'm, I'm going to make it mean, whatever I make it mean. But for the most part, people are genuinely, generally pretty happy yeah. to meet me. They're not like, oh, hey, you're a man. And they're like, hey. And so I match their tonality yeah. as well. Um. But I definitely have had times online where I put out that I'm having a hard time because mm -hmm. I, I, I'm trying to kind of go against the grain and not just be like, everything's amazing all the time because that's a lie yeah. and I don't want to lie. Yeah. And so I, I even recently, like a couple weeks ago, put out a video that was pretty vulnerable where I was tearing up in it and talking about it. It actually got wonderful feedback where people could relate and go, thank, thank you for like showing us the other side of the coin. But then there was a couple of people that were like, is Do your Kristen Stewart impression. That or like, is this is this a joke? Is, is this, this a bit? Is this supposed to be funny? Wait, I, I don't get it. And I'm like, right. It's hard. It's hard when you see someone that you're like associated to being funny. Yeah. Who then starts crying. You're like, I kind of want to laugh, but I, now I'm crying. Like people were like, I'm crying right now. Like right. Pe people were commenting that they started crying, which I, I love crying. It's the I, fucking best. Oh my oh, God. Oh, can I curse? It is my favorite thing. Thing it's do. so cleansing. I truly, and I always, I'm like, is I'm attributing it to maybe because I'm a super empath and I just feel everything, oh. or if it's just because I really like being vulnerable. But like, I truly love crying. And sometimes there, in, in a game that we do on the podcast, sometimes it's like I ask a question: When's the first time you cried in public? And sometimes if we repeat guests, repeat guests, then I'll go: When's the last time you cried in public? And I just like really like talking about Me it. Me too. There's a reason it came up. For yeah. sure. Should I we wish cry it, on let's command? Let's freaking cry because <laughs> I wish it was as valued as laughing. It like, is. Why, is it, why was it such a taboo? I think because it elicits – here's what my theory before. I, I know for me, like, when I see a mom t saying, stop crying, don't cry, yeah. it's because it's eliciting something in them that they haven't dealt with yet and they're, they're not ready to confront – and imagine if imagine a world in which, like, if a son starts crying, he's like, "Yeah, let it out, let it out, right. feel your feelings. This is all perfect." That's like just because it's like wringing out the washcloth, right? Like mm. there's a heaviness. You're wringing it out. You're clean, and then it passes. It's the resistance to cry that adds way more pain. You know, it's always the moments before you're crying where it hurts the most. But once you're actually crying, and then after, it's like, oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah! 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 Yes, you can sing. You just proved it. 
A resounding yes, so much. And I, I also think that growing up, it was like, if you're crying, you're weak. And you can't be weak. And especially if you're a woman, you can't be weak. And, and now, but it's like, no, it, when a man cries, when a woman cries, when anyone genderless cries, like, I just want people to be tearful. That's like, if the, you, ha- I don't feel like I'm living if I'm not crying. Agree. And like, when I go to Broadway shows, I cry happy tears, like watching the performance because you can feel how it is. If you've been on stage before, you understand that feeling. So like just by proxy, you're able to feel it. Yeah. And I, maybe this is the empath again. It's like if someone's feeling sad, like I am ready to be there for them. Yeah. If they're ha- be feeling happy, I'm ready to be there for them. As long as tears are involved, I'm there. Totally. And it's what a gift favorite. that is for them to be around a safe place to, to know that, you know, because who knows, a lot of people don't have a safe place. Yeah. I know for me as a child, I was like, I remember my dad being like, you're so sensitive. And it felt like there was a judgment to it. Definitely. But I also had my mom who cried. And so I followed suit and I was like, well, she says it's okay, but my dad says I'm too sensitive. And it was like, let's just remove the judgment. Let's just have it be what it is. There's yeah. no, there's no, you know, and now, now I'm at a point now where when he cries, my dad cries. It's like the it fills me mm-hmm. with so much joy, yeah, so much joy because I'm like, oh, we can connect. You're, yes, you're human, right? And now I see you. I actually see you. I feel like I see people better. Finally, when their like spirit is dropped, yeah, the luggage that they've been carrying around. Well, absolutely. It's like all oh, like the masks on top of masks on top of masks. It's like what's actually underneath that? Why are we putting something forward that's inauthentic just to? act like we're okay when we're not yeah fear again fear of not being enough and so they have op- sometimes we feel like we have to o- overcompensate by being like no I'm good I'm good because if I were to show you who I really am you may leave kind of thing yeah absolutely which is not true right it's like right. such a lie it's when you drop it when people stay for the long haul is what I've learned. I mean, like nothing has longevity without connection. So how are you expecting people to stay around if you're not going to be authentic? No, they'll get bored and go somewhere else that's way, that feeds their soul. Cause connecting like that is, is food for the soul. The opposite of addiction is connection. Mm. So anytime someone's reaching for something that they think they need, whether it's like sugar or food or alcohol or sex or gambling, it's because it's because they're lacking connection in their life. So they're looking to connect. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What would you say to someone that is trying, like, I guess someone in that position, uh, reaching for something, but really wants to connect, but has never connected before. Have you ever had anyone in your life like that? That has never connected before? Yeah. Or like if, if you can tell that they want to connect, but they're not trying. Mm. Or I guess they're not they're not opening themselves up. They're kind of closing off if you're asking them how they are and it's just like I'm good. Oh, well, sometimes it's like I have to I have to know who I'm talking to, right? Like especially when it comes to comedians, I know a lot of people comedians are actually as we know like some of the most sad people that developed humor as a defense mechanism to cover their pain and so they're definitely yeah. I can't generalize because I'm a comedian. I'm very in touch with my feelings. Um, but sometimes they don't feel ready to, to go there. It's almost like it's shut down. And so you have to kind of know your audience. So like I have, I've been that way in groups or like with one-on-one with somebody who's just genuinely like, I'm just funny. I'm I'm either funny or angry or cynical. And I go, what's going on? And Mm. I can only like, I can't do more than they can give me. Right. So oftentimes it's like, no, I'm cool. I'm cool. No, everything's fine. And and it's like, well, if they're not willing to drop down, I can't, I'm not, 
God. I can't force, you know, I'm just a baby human. I'm I can't just a baby for- human. I'm just a baby human. <laughs> <laughs> I can't force them to want to be open. It's, it kind of has to start. It's an inside job, right? Like yeah. ha- they have to want to be, anyone has to be willing to share. You have to be willing to go first. Like Brene Brown says, she's right. be willing to say, I love you. Whether or not they say it back is yeah. relevant, but be be the one to lead and to go first and yeah. to risk kind of looking stupid or mm-hmm. whatever it is. And that's when I've actually probably helped people the most is when I just lead and I go, I'm struggling today and, and here's why. And then it kind of gives them permission to go, huh, here, I have a story that may help you. And this is what happened to me. And then all of a sudden we're bonding and it's like, oh, see, if I didn't share what was going on with me first they wouldn't have had the permission to do the same. So Yeah, absolutely. I remember reading a book one time that was like, when people ask you how you are, tell them the truth. Hmm. But then yeah. I, <laughs> I already know what you're going to But then I went to the Magic Castle on a double date a couple of years ago. And my friend was like, hey, how you doing? Like very chipper. And I was like, honestly, not well. Like th- th- this is happening wrong. This is going on. I just got broken up with. Uh, this is a lot. And it was like, he was in the line for the bathroom. Mm, so it was mm-hmm. like, not the right time, not the right place. Like well, there's magic happening behind us. Like people are floating in the air. And I'm just like, I'm not well. Totally. So I, I do like the sentiment of just tell, tell how you are without just kind of cutting it off after good. But I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't Where know does what it the stop? balance is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, are you going to do the tell the grocer, like the person ringing you up? Maybe quickly. <laughs> right. But, but yeah, it is interesting to think of like, okay, am I going to, if I'm going to go on a coffee date or like see a friend, yeah, be vulnerable. But I've done the same freaking thing where I'm like, you want to know? <laughs> or someone, someone, someone will be like, how are you? And I'm like, what kind of question is that? How dare you? And, and they're like, okay, I was just trying to connect. I'm like, oh, my bad. Because I'm like, I want to take it serious. Same. I'm like, you just asked me how I am. I'm not going to just say good because I'm not. Right. If I'm not, you if know? I, yeah. If someone's like, how are you? I legit am like, how much time do you have? Yeah. Because we can get into this if good. you want. Yeah. And then they're like, I have 30 seconds. I'm literally Go. going to the bathroom. Yeah. Get out of this men's restroom. <laughs> like, okay. Why are you next to me? My bad. I'm just trying to pee. <laughs> That is, I I really think it's so important. I want to talk so much more about that maybe in the second half, but let's take a question and see if we can help somebody else with something. Hi, Megan. Um, So I guess I'll start with my age. (laughs) Um, I'm 25, and I'm moving to L.A. in a few weeks to pursue my dreams to be an actor. And... Um, I guess my question or my main concern is that um, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos about the like what it's like to move to LA and pursue your dreams or your passion, and it just sounds really intimidating. And just this whole thing about people being afraid that you're wanting to connect with them because of quote-unquote clout and all these things. And um, I guess my question is, how do you network or make friends and not be afraid of coming off? I don't don't even know how to explain it. Like, I just want people to believe that I'm a genuine person 
and I don't want anyone to think that I want anything from them because I come from a town that doesn't have any people that do what I do. I don't have any friends that enjoy doing what I like to do, and I just want to move to L.A. to make friends that will understand me and that will that can relate with me. Does that make any sense? I don't know. I think I'm overthinking it, but... Um, yeah, how how am I going to make friends that'll believe that I'm just a genuine person? I just want to be their friend, just to be their friend. Okay, um, hopefully you get what I'm asking. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Okay, quick thoughts on, I guess... F- Fake friends, first of all, because you can have fake friends regardless if you live in L.A. or any anywhere else. Have you ever been in a situation where you've experienced fake friends, whether they were yours or saw them otherwise? Sure. Um, fake friends. Or like people that like... Yeah, like I tend to think that everybody's my friend and that they have my back. I kind of am a little bit of live in la-la land and like thinking, oh, everybody loves me and no one would ever hurt me. And then... And then something will happen that will reroute me. And um, what came up for me when I heard that question was, first of all, it's not going to look like anything you have in your mind. And if you can just trust the process, trust that what's meant for you won't go by you. Mm. So the friends that are fake and aren't meant for you, the more you can get in tune with who you are and nurture that part of you, you'll attract people that are like you and you won't have to worry about trying to convince them that, oh, you ha- you're not trying to get anything because that will be kind of evident in the energy that you bring because it's kind of, again, the inside job. The more you, especially at 25, like that was like my whole thing was like Huge. nurturing yeah. myself and what's best for me and I mean, I got a lot of offers to work with a bunch of people that had huge followings, but I didn't necessarily resonate all the time. And I thought I could either do this and be out of integrity or follow my bliss and follow what I think is funny and do what I think. And sometimes that was kind of being alone. Yeah. But I had to nurture that relationship with myself so that when the friends or fake friends come in, I can see it for what it is and go and not get my hopes up. Because mm-hmm. you don't need a hundred of friends. You just need a couple good ones that you're close to. And you don't have to try to figure it out. You know, you're not going to know what L.A. is going to look like. You just you take one step at a time, taking one day at a time. Okay, all you have to do is pack your bags. Okay, next thing's next. Okay, now get on the plane. Okay, now, like, just take one thing at a time without kind of future tripping about, well, who's going to know if I'm genuine? If you're gen- work on being genuine, and then you won't have to worry about that. That's so true. I also love the concept of future tripping. And I don't know if like many people are are very like well versed in it, but like we all do it all the time. It's called anxiety. Yeah. That's literally where anxiety comes from is being in the future and not being present in the moment because we don't know the future. So the uncertainty will always cause anxiety. Right. Have you ever been so in the moment that, I mean, it's very seldom for me and I'm asking it out of like pure 
curiosity of like what is being in the moment feel like to you because I've only had it a few times as much as I try to, to do it I'm always either thinking about something else or like you know if I'm watching a movie I'm it's my my wheels are turning there's only been in my like top of mind one or two times where I'm like I feel like I'm meditating I feel like this is the only moment that exists Mm, yeah see I mean if you get real like that and you like are you 100% fully present yes you know kids are and that's why we're all trying to get back there that's why I remember being a kid I'm sure you do too is like hearing the adults be like oh my god you're so lucky like just be a kid just be a kid and I didn't understand what they were talking about until now I'm like oh my god that purity that they were so we were so present Mm -hmm. we didn't have a past to dwell on and we didn't have a future to worry about. We were just right here, right now. And that's where the peace lies. And I think for me, what's helped me be present is clearing up the past, right? So anything that is kind of lingering of like, oh, that doesn't sit well, because we're all looking at the present with a lens of the Mm -hmm. past. So even if I'm as present as possible and I've meditated, I'm still seeing this picture based on past events. Yep. And so it is hard to think about like, oh my God, have I have I really been present? I think I have. I right. think I get pretty close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when we're really present, like where all our senses are like experiencing something really new. Yeah. I kind of feel like that's what love is. It's been a long time since I've been in love, (laughs) I guess, yeah. You know that feeling of it's like where everything feels new and there's just like a high vibration because it's a clean slate because you have no reference to that person? Yeah. That's why the beginning stages are so fantastic because there's a blank canvas to paint on. Yep. Which is, I guess, I want to see life through that way. Yeah. You asked if like I had it any times I can think of. I'm like... I, I try. I, I definitely I definitely think I'm present, but for I sure. know that there's I could be way more present. I know. It'd be awesome if I could just consistently be present. I wanna like go under the stars and listen to music and just like be and not think about, you know, Monday or yeah. whatever it is that's right. coming up and just like really let go. And I I'm sure that's why people do drugs and drink alcohol too, because it kind of takes that Totally. Away. Yeah, especially like the sense of time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I remember going to a place called Don La Noir, which is like dining in the dark in a place in Paris where it's like, mm. they, I think what happened, I mean, I went there, so I know what happens is you place your hands on people's shoulders in front of you in the lobby where they're, it's illuminated. And then you go past this curtain and then you have to close your eyes while you're still in the light so that you're, it can adjust easier. So then you're being led by a legally blind server. So they know how to navigate. They know how to connect with you. They know how to like be there for you if something goes wrong because like things are spilling. Like it's, it's very clunky for someone to lose so much of what they've always known. Like losing sight for someone that's only had sight is like, it's jarring. So they're there to help you. You sit down, you don't know what you're going to eat. You just know that like, oh, you have allergies. They can't have X, Y, and Z. And so you sit down and since we were in France, everyone was speaking French besides the three of us English people. So it was like even more disassociation. It was like, oh, I'm very alone here. And I couldn't, I think my friend Sky like sat closer to me and touched me on the legs so she could feel like human connection, human, like I'm also here in, in this crazy thing with you. But when we weren't, it, it is so like velvety pitch black. There's, there's no shadow, no anything. And hearing 
not English was like, okay, so my I can hear, but I don't understand anything. Yeah, nothing's coming in auditorily. Right. And right. so you were I felt truly like I just snapped into meditation in it. And it was yeah. like the only time that I was like, oh, I am in this moment. Oh. It's really cool. Sounds delightful. You should I know exactly what you're talking you about because I've heard this before and I'm so mad I didn't go. But I think they have like dining in the dark here. Do they? Like not the same because people are speaking English. <laughs> yeah. But I totally get what you're saying where you're like, you have no choice mm. because your sight's taken. Right. Your auditory is not really there. You just have your, what is it, olfactory, gustory yeah. senses fired. And so it's... It's so, so cool. And again, it, going off what you were saying before, it's like there's a saying like it is what it is. It's like kind of a with a negative connotation like, ugh, it is what it is. Like we'll be okay with it. But if you flip it on oh. its head and it's like it is what it is and that's all it is. So yeah. just be. Yeah. I know. I hear you. Don't make a story. It just is what it is because it's the minute we add a story to the scenario that the pain we, it can make make it a good story. We can make it for us. We can make it against us. Always. But if it just is what it is, and it kind of like is so freeing. Yeah. If you just take it at face value, which mm-hmm. is like, I wish I could too. I mean, like all the time I'm overthinking, I'm anxious, like I'm a perfectionist. So like I have everything working against me. Mm-hmm. But like that's how I grew up. Those are the tools that I, I learned when I was a child and have gotten me this far. But now it's time to like reparent. And another thing, I don't know how we should take a break soon. But <laughs> I do want to talk about reparenting afterwards um, because I, I think a lot of people have a, a misconception on it. Um, but I, that would be really cool. Maybe after the break, we'll talk about uh, healing and reparenting and kind of like evolving. Do you mean reparenting yourself? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's huge in this generation. Ooh. Okay, wait. Let's take a break okay. so that we can come back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. I had the biggest salad of my life just now. Okay. Salad? Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, I had, a, I had some juice. <gasps> what kind? After my shape house. Oh, um, It yeah, was like 50 shades house. of... Green. green, yeah, yeah. That's with the decongestant. Cool. And then I got the pumpkin bread. Oh, from where? Creation. It's 
pumpkin yep. bread. Creation's it's, real good. Okay. It's so expensive. It's ridiculous, but I kind of annoy I get annoyed at expensive things. Yeah, me too. It pisses me off. Honestly, yeah. Like can we just cool it? <laughs> can we, we just cool it on those dollars? You'll, more people will come in. That's a thing. Like just trust. Just trust. <laughs> Telling a business person to just trust is hilarious. It's not working. It wouldn't work. They're like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, that's a logical brain thinking. And on the opposite side. If you can't tell, we are fully back off of our break. But before we get into all the stuff we were kind of, I, I am rerouting the whole conversation. But before we get into the reparenting and the healing that I want to talk about, I want to know if you have something that you're obsessed with that other people need to know about. Maybe you're not obsessed, but it changed your life completely. <laughs> Something that you're just, I guess you can't get enough of, whether it is Shape House or a green smoothie or any, any American and Ashley Olsen classic VHS film. It could be anything. Billboard Dad. Such a good oh, movie. It's everything. It's so good. With the eggs moving around. Yes. Scram, scram, scram. Yes. Scram, scram, scram. <laughs> and Passport to Paris. I used to love it so much. I think we're really the same age. I I really do think so, too. There's a scene in Billboard Dad, the worst thing I'm ever going to say, but there's a scene in Billboard Dad that confused me so much because they're eating a milkshake out of this, like, elongated glass. It's like a goblet, but, like, really long, like a champagne goblet. And they're eating with long spoons out of it. And the whole time, I thought it was, like, frozen like that. I thought it was ice cream that was, like, molded into the shape of that. I, Mm. I didn't know what glassware was. I'm so curious about the scene. I'll see if I can I notice find stuff it. like that usually. I'm really yeah. I'm gonna search Billboard Dad. Yeah, please um, do. Ice Milk cream shake. scene. I'm obsessed with hoops. Ooh, that's not like that fun and deep. But no, I've love been it. I've been buying hoops like a lot lately, and How I'm not much of a shopper. Do you need? I have one, two, three, four. <laughs> Five, One, two, three, four. Five, Tell me not to know me more. Five, <laughs> That's about buying hoops. Heist. <laughs> yeah, so love hoops. Love hoops. Oh, that's um, good. I recently got into Training Mate, which is a workout place. Oh, yeah. It's where my husband works. He's a trainer there. Okay. Um, so I get to go and work out. Although <laughs> I tried to do it. So I took a break from working out, and which I don't recommend. How uh, long is this break we're talking uh, about? Seven weeks. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A so, quick intermission. Yeah. So I was doing it every day. I was doing training mate, like not every day, like four days a week. Um, and then I took a break. And uh, yeah, seven weeks later, I thought I was the same strength. Right. And I didn't realize like, oh, muscle leaves the yeah. body. And um, I lifted a 15 dumbbell over my head and fell to the ground. Oh my God. Hurt my neck. Thought I was dying. Because I'd never felt shooting pain like that go up to my head. I've never, oh. thank God, I've never had... Yeah, reach over not, and knock that yeah, <laughs> Migraines, but yeah. some, I, I think I pinched a nerve. And so then that, you know what? That happened three weeks ago, which made me still not want to work out. Right. So I was like, okay, I got, it's been a month. Let me get back it, to it. And then, yeah. But wow. before all that, it's not training mate that did that. It's... It's me. It was me, my form. It was just off. <laughs> me and my confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Have, I do Pilates, and I really <gasps> like it. Oh. I do mega reformer Pilates, and every time I say Pilates, I think people think like, oh, it's like yoga, but for old people. But like, it is so hard, and I like it because you get what you put in. You get out what you put in. Like, you can make it easy if you want. 
I did it a couple months ago, and I loved it. And I was so surprised. Because before you were like, ah, it's not for me. No, I just, I just, I don't, again, it's expensive. I just don't like expensive things. Yeah. So how are your finances? (laughs) You know, they're actually not bad. I'm a really good money money saver. Yeah. Yeah. I just bought a house. Congrats. Three months ago. Oh my God. Yeah. My first home. Homeowner. Wow. Right right here. There's a pool. Oh, you got a pool? Got a pool. Dang. I don't go in it. Do you have a Casper? But it's there. A Casper mattress? I have a, um, no, I have a Lisa Oh, okay. Oh. Is that another mattress? <laughs> it is. It is. It is. <laughs> Everything is like two syllables. The cool thing is one syllable right now. I wish I had like a one syllable name. We have, we That'd both cool. have two. Yeah. Both start with an M and end with an N. <gasps> Look at We're that. The same. <laughs> we, re- we take off our masks. We're just each other's faces. Oh my God. Okay. Well, back on uh, this, I guess kind of like. It would, would you consider it self-care or would you consider it like self-development? I would say both. self-development. I think yeah. both. It is self-care, but I feel like with the... Um, oh, you mean right. the reparenting? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably development. Because it's like, it's hard to say the, the buzzword self-care is so like sheet masks and bubble baths. And it's like, well, that's not... That is not how I see self-care. <laughs> that is not... How, no. Sometimes no, that doesn't do anything for no, me. No, absolutely. Self-care to me is literally connecting with another human, getting real, yeah. taking the time, writing letters, getting out my feelings, like getting real with my feelings is yes. self-care. Right. A bath, that's nice, but that's not going to solve my problem. Yeah, that's just showering. That's like just getting <laughs> clean. <laughs> I know, but like I think... That's called other care. Like don't put your body in front of someone. Right. You smell bad. <laughs> I think that's like the mass idea of it all of of like that's what people think self-care is but like let's talk about what it actually is so we, let's start with reparenting because I posted something on Instagram the other day it was mental world mental health day and so like I shared some thoughts on it and one of my tips was like reparenting and I had a couple people respond and be confused on what that was and so I also had like some moms be like, how, where did your mom go wrong? And I'm like, no, 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 it's not about that. I mean, every, every parent is going to do something quote unquote wrong in the child's eyes because if they, they don't, then they're probably not a parent. Right. Like that's like the thing. Every child is mad at their parents for something, even right. if they were the perfect parent. Exactly. And the thing about it is the parents are doing the best they can with what they have at the time they're doing it. If they knew better, they would have done better. Right. And that's what we don't get it. We're like, why don't you, you're my hero. I, pu- I put you on a pedestal and made you perfect. I don't understand. How could you mess up? Me, 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 personal. I'm taking it personal. And it's like, now we have the opportunity to... Exactly. Reparent ourselves in the way that we need it because what works for someone doesn't always work for everybody. You know, Mm -hmm. everybody's unique and is takes care of themselves in a in a different way. But I think that's that's huge that you had said that about they did the best they could at the time, right? And they're still growing and they're human. And that's a thing. They're still human. And back when I was born, maybe we were born. um, (laughs) We we still haven't told each other our ages. Show me. Show me the. Show me the year. So that and then a this. Oh, dude! Not don't add them. <laughs> Wait, hold I'm 28 on. Twenty-eight years old. Oh, I see. I was going for the year. What year oh, were oh, you born? Ninety-one. Okay. Okay. You'll never know my year. <laughs> it's so I am on the edge of my seat. I do have Google and the world at my oh, fingertips. Okay, I'll be thirty-one in like seven days. Oh, cool. Seven I, days. Seven days. Congrats on living this far. I, I know. I'm. I made it to thirty. You did it. 
That's Ooh, crazy. Speaking of 30, well, right before this, I Googled my own age because I forgot. That's, what? I thought I was 27. And I was like, I think I might be 27. And then I was like, no, but I think I remember being 28. And oh then I had to legit Google my age. That's really I'm losing um, it. sad. I know. <laughs> I know. I, I oftentimes think I'm still 27. Like, like, I haven't been 27, well, now in almost four years. Yeah. And I, it's like I get stuck. And I think when I was 27, I always thought I was 23. Oh, like like weird. I forget that time goes, and I'm like, what? Yeah, it's it's in it's a normal thing to probably forget your age. Yeah. Okay. Good. So uh, we take back our judgment. Yeah. There's no fine. judgment. It's all good. We're all fifteen. We're all fifteen. What's the best age? I think twenty three. Oh, that was my worst. Okay, twenty seven. Actually, now that you mentioned that, <laughs> it, I feel it only gets better. I think honestly, yes, because twenty eight was my best. Twenty eight is amazing. But no, but it's just gonna get better. I'm telling you, it just gets better. That's what I keep hearing. Oh, and then my mom is always like, "No, my forties were the best." I'm like, "Your forties?" So I have a, we have a lot to look forward to. I'm so stoked. Honestly, like life has started to get really good this past year. Oh, it's just gonna get better. But I also am like, is it age or is it the fact that we've done the work on ourselves? It's that. Yeah. It's. I mean, it might be both because life experience will always help a person if they're willing to like. Right with perspective. Be, yeah, but if you work on yourself, oh my mm. god, you're just gonna be free because there's no. It, the reason why age gives us <laughs> strength is because we're stopping. You know how like we really care what people think when we're young, mm-hmm. especially eighteen to twenty five is like you're getting pushed out of the house and you're like you're on your own. And you're like, wait, what? I have to take care of myself now. Yeah. Who am I? What what are you talking about? Like that Truly, to me is like the I? most transformative years is like Oh yeah. Like what? 18 to 25 I've I You're there's completely just, don't make any person. decisions. That's don't make great any life advice. decisions. If you're 18 to 25, just live, take the pressure off, <gasps> but don't commit and don't get married and don't have kids because you will be a completely different person. Even 25 to 30 you that's, change a lot. That's version 2. That's Oof. 2.0 cuz I think 18 to 25 it's definitely so so like you will change the most, the most I think ever agreed but I think right when you hit 25 and I've mentioned this before is like I think things start to matter you the gravitas of it is there it's apparent it's visceral and you go okay now let's make these decisions mm-hmm. and then 25 to 30 so there's something called a Saturn return yeah yeah and I think that when you turn 30 it's like uh it's either like you shuffle the deck or you get like crowned like that was right like whatever whatever is true to you things are going to end up being right around 30 is what i'm hoping yeah when i yeah that's i mean i when i was 30 i moved from new york to la i got married i bought a house a lot of pivotal things in my life happened when yeah. i was 30 yeah and I I mean I literally can't. I'm so excited for the next if I make it 10 years. I think it'll only get better because yeah. I'm not looking for approval anymore. I'm not like right. I'm really just like ex- trusting that whatever's meant for me will come to me, trusting the process, staying in the day, right? Like not ex- having too high expectations for my parents, looking at them like they're yeah. just human and like how would I talk to my friend? Okay, that's how I talk to my dad. Don't go to the hardware store for milk. Yeah, yes. It doesn't have it. Somebody just told me that really? saying the other day. It's so good. To, please explain to the people listening that maybe you haven't heard it before because it is it is so mind-blowing. Yeah. So don't go to the hardware store for milk because it doesn't have it. Oftentimes when I was younger, so like I would call my dad, for instance, and if I was having a hard time, I would look for his, you know, him to make me feel better. But he 
hasn't he, that's not what his thing is mm-hmm. his thing is to like help guide me you know to talk about bills talk about help me with my taxes like yeah. like to do dad stuff he's not gonna he's not gonna give me the same sort of coddling as maybe or connection as like a girlfriend would who can relate you know mm-hmm. so so knowing where to go with what circumstance yes. like go to the appropriate place if you're heartbroken and you just got broken up with go to a girl that is you feel you trust not girl go to a friend mm-hmm. I should say go to a friend that you can trust and spill your heart at that can carry you hug you tell you everything's gonna be okay and then but don't go to that same girl if you need you know parenting advice mm-hmm. they're not a parent so like the appropriate action yeah no oh, I do yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel I'm like, like I'm, I'm like am I explaining this at all no it truly is and, and I had learned that so much especially with my dad too it's like I'm not getting what I want so why am I keep on consistently going to the wrong place to get it yeah it is it was so mind-blowing to me when so, someone so told me that I think last week or and when, two weeks ago there's a reason and there's a reason I brought it up too because when we stop doing that we actually start to see what they have and like appreciating them even more, mm-hmm. I, I feel, because then I'm not getting disappointed and having right. expectations that just keep getting, that aren't getting met. And then, and then I can, it's like self-care. That is what self-care is, is like, go where the love is, go where the love is. If you need love, go where the love is. If you need advice from whatever subject, go to a person who's an expert in that subject. Yeah. But don't, think that your dog's going to all of a sudden be a cat because it's just, it doesn't know how to purr because yeah. it's not a cat. Right. And my my job now is to discern that and then to move forward appropriately mm-hmm. because I kept getting mad at him. <laughs> but he's never been, like, right. w- like these expectations, like he's a wonderful man, great writer, so smart, loves me so much. But can I call him and say, you know, Oh, this guy was great in bed. No, I'm not right. going to say they say that to my dad. It's not appropriate. Mm-hmm. Just like I'm not going to go to you know my best friend and be like, so what do I do with the 1099s? Like you know, like she's gonna be like, what are you talking about? Right. My dad's great at 1099s. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever they are, that I don't see. I'm like I'm so bad with taxes, and it's my worst nightmare. I they're the absolute worst. I hate them. Do you have someone that does your taxes now, or do you do them yourself? No, I have someone. Oh, good. Yeah. That's my other tip. Get someone to do your taxes. No, just do it. Like, it's worth it. It's so worth it. Um, I do want to talk about what else is worth spending the money on. But before, I want to round out this reparenting thing. Uh, just to set the record straight. Yes, everyone was doing what they can with what they had. The, also, I saw a meme today. I follow a lot of, like, uh, psychology and therapist meme accounts. They're not really meme accounts. They're just accounts that post often. <laughs> Everything is a meme in 2019. It is. Uh, if you spin it the right way. But I think it, it said something like, remember when you're healing that your parents, I'm butchering this, but remember when you're healing that your parents, uh, oh, no, no, no. It is when you're healing, you can finally see the emotional immaturity of your parents. Maybe not emotional immaturity, but like they weren't able to, and especially with what we have now, like the tools we have now yeah. to go in and like be deep with ourselves was taboo back then they didn't have access to what we have it was not okay we have for a lot them. more information and a lot more um exercises coming in that we can do and participate in it was absolutely yeah, yeah taboo right and it, yeah it's so much not even accepted now it's i mean especially out here in la it's like it's you should do it i feel like, like that's what la is and if you're yeah. not willing to do it then you'll probably will leave yeah <laughs> right because it's, it's just gonna be too much and too confronting and too overwhelming right yeah. So the, 
along the, the reparenting tip, I think that that's where self-love comes in. That's where like talking to someone, journaling, therapy, going to walk, being in nature, all of that stuff, like giving yourself what you didn't have when you were a child. And that's not because like your parents didn't give it to you. It's just like what what you feel like you didn't get. Maybe they were giving it to you, but for some reason you weren't able to receive it. it there's so many reasons why it could, why you could be the way that you have evolved. But what's, I think the most important part to know is like the tools that you gained when you were trying to fill in the blanks of what you didn't know when you're a kid, then we start, like you said earlier, like that's the lens we see everything through. And that lens is dirty as fuck because it's so old and you're, everything's going to be harder to look at and harder to understand because you're literally looking at it from a wounded and a scared and just a broken frame. So like reparenting is just cleaning off the lens and giving yourself what you didn't get when you were younger. And I love that you said healing the wound because that's something that I re- reference often is is that's what healing is, is like loving the parts of ourselves that hurt. Yeah. So maybe our parents were busy or they were thinking about something else or our friends are busy or whatever. And it's our job to do that for ourselves. And mm-hmm. it, it helps when we have another person present to do it, absolutely. And there's many ways to do that, whether therapy or uh, programs or... Um, insight seminars or all these, all these like programs will have space to do that. But if there's, I, I see it kind of like an emotional body and you'd said something about wounds. And I, th- I think about it as like, if I scrape my arm and it's bleeding, well, first of all, in order to heal it, I have to kind of one, see that it's there. Otherwise I'll keep walking and I'll be scraping it. And it'll get dirty and it'll get infected and unhealed and maybe even bigger and worse. Yeah. So I one, I have to acknowledge that the wound is there. By the way, I'm looking at my arm, pretending that <laughs> There's a gash on my arm. Then I have to clean it out, right? Like just like a mother does with her child. She kisses, you know, saying, oh, I got it. I'm going to heal your boo-boo. You do that with yourself and you love the parts of yourself and heal it mm-hmm. and go easy on it to heal. And it's kind of like that with our emotional body is like the parts of ourselves that are in pain, like, oh, I'm in pain over this thing or this thing, loving those parts of ourselves. And, and that's something that's been pivotal, even in relationships of like, because we get so triggered of like, oh, that person said this and this is this, and I'm making it about me rather than like just holding the space for that person's pain. And if we could do that with everybody and not make it about us and not take it personally, but just hold the space for what everybody's going through, I honestly think the world would be a better place. Yeah, absolutely. I also think that holding space is something that I only learned in therapy. But like for the people that have maybe never been to therapy or is not an option for them, like how can you explain how to hold space for someone in a relationship or just a friendship or or just for yourself? Like what are practical ways that you in your personal life have been able to hold space for someone or yourself? Um, for me, if like I don't have a partner... Um, I'll, I like, I'll be with a friend and oftentimes I'll be like, well, what, what do you want to say? What, what is something that you would have said that you don't feel like you could have said, I'll be that person for you. And so I like practice it with friends Mm -hmm. or if I'm alone and I'm having feelings, I'll literally write a letter to the universe and write down all my fears and like hand it over. And because to me, love is not judgmental. It's like, I'm handing it over to the universe, but I'm in a private setting to where, there's no one to really combat my fears that I'm writing down. Um, asking for help is really like the best thing, definitely the best thing I ever did. 
Um, because if you don't ask, you can't receive it. Mm-hmm. And that's like, or therapy, like that's a huge one is because they're not coming from a judgmental place. You're just unloading what's going on with you. And they're like, mm-hmm. Great. And there's nothing more powerful <laughs> right. than unloading your deepest, darkest secrets and feeling like, oh, God, I'm in so much pain and here's all this crap. And they're like, oh, yeah, me too. Like right. that word, me too, has been the most healing, one of the most healing things I've ever heard mm. throughout my life is when I'm going through something and I think I'm alone and I'm the only person going through it. And they go, oh, yeah, that happened to me too. I'm like, what? Yeah. It dissolves so much of this aloneness and shame. And mm-hmm. we need more people admitting hey, you're not alone, to feel connection. Absolutely. I also think when you do ask for help, or if anyone listening, if someone, sorry, my Slack is on. (laughs) (laughs) Never not working. Click, 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 click. (laughs) If someone does ask for help, the way another way to hold space is like, you don't have to offer advice. I think Mm -hmm. that a lot of times if I'm like, hey, this is happening to me and I just want to talk and then someone's like, well, what if you did this? Oh, did you ever think about that? I'm like, this is not helping me. You just want to feel heard. Just listen to me Mm -hmm. and just nod and hug me. That's what we all want. That's it. We all, unless I, and I've had to, I've had to do that because I love to give unsolicited advice. <laughs> Here's what you should do. And they're like, I didn't ask you. And I'm like, oh, cause I'm just trying to help. Right. Right. But the best thing that we could do is like what you just said is yeah. just listen because that's actually, and that's an exercise. I remember it. So I spoke about insight seminars. I did something like that. It's at Santa Monica university and it was a few years back. And that was one of the things that they had mentioned was, um, just let the person talk because it's most effective when the person comes to the solution on their own. Yeah. It's actually like the most enlightening and will be far more effective when the person, if you just let the person talk for literally 10, maybe 15 minutes, they'll come to some solution mm-hmm. and it's much more powerful than anything you can offer them because probably they can't really hear you. Yeah. Which is crazy. And I was like, oh, well, I want to be more helpful. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to help, but oh, if it's more helpful for me to be quiet and just like, and just hold the space, happy to do it. Yeah, and that, happy that to do came it. up for, with being an empath as well. Yeah. Many people have told me that. And I, I used to cry when like, when someone would be crying, I'd be like, oh, and I would start crying with them. Yeah. And then I, and then someone told me, if you can just be one little step above them, it's actually going to help them more than yeah. you, you joining in. And I was like, oh shit. Right. Because yeah. that's, this is about them now. And they need the space to feel. And if you're just joining in, like imagine a kid falling down, crying, and the mom's like, oh, God, you're so hurt, rather than like, come on, you're okay. Or like her also falling to join him (laughs) in pain on the sidewalk. That's such a funny picture. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's like what we're doing emotionally, though. Yeah. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Um, This was so delightful. I don't know how funny it was. I don't think it needed to be. Okay, good. I I really like when it's seldom that it happens. I mean, every like maybe five or so, like we go off script and we just talk about stuff like this, which I really like. And people seem to really like it too. So thank you. Amazing. Please. But before you leave, I would like to ask two questions that I think I'm going to start asking because I think it's really nice. Number one, what advice would you tell your younger self? Relax. I would tell myself, my younger self, what I, it's like what I tell myself today. <laughs> it's like trust and enjoy the ride. Like, yeah. like there is no, enjoy the journey. I feel like it's so cliche, but it's so true. Like it's not about the destination. It's not about the outcome. It's not about the result. It's about the creating 
that's how anything happens great in the world is the create we humans love 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 to create mm-hmm. we love making stuff did that when I was a kid. So just keep making stuff. Just keep creating. It's all about the creation. It's all about the journey. Enjoy the process and and relax and trust that you're always divinely guided. Always. Always have been. Always will be. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of relax and take it easy and stay in the day and play. But that's what I would, I guess that's what I would say. Really good advice. Thank you. The second question Ooh. is what's one quality that you have now that you never want to lose? Whether you go through really intense adversity or you get really old, like when you're on your deathbed, like what's one thing that you have right now that you value so much that you never want to see leave you? Uh, My sense of humor. Absolutely. My sense of humor. Oh my God. I could cry thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Like I just realized that I have a sense of humor, but that has been that. (laughs) I'm like, oh shit. That. Being able to, like, that's my favorite thing. That's my form of love. And so when I get teased or even in the darkness, I've been able to joke about it. And it feels so healing to my system. And, like, I love play. I love comedy. I know that there's appropriate time. And there's a really fine line between laughter and crying anyway. Like, there's such a fine line. It's almost the same. And so, yeah, I pray I always have a sense of humor. Yeah. And that I keep it strong and that it actually develops and gets, I mean, once I lost that, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know what would happen. Yeah. I really don't, you know, and, you know, the ability to cry. Yeah. That's always basically where the podcast started. (laughs) Let's get back (laughs) to crying. We're always full circle. Man, and thank you truly so much. Like I had such a great time. me too. Thank you. Where can people follow you and watch all of your hilarious videos and just get more of you? Oh, yes. Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat, all the same, at Man and Matthews. One T. One N and one T. So M-A-N-O-N-M-A-T-H-E-W-S. Yay. Yeah. And hopefully, um, it's usually during Christmas time, there's a movie on Netflix called Holiday Breakup. Um, They like to bring it out at at Christmas time. So That's great. You know, we'll see. And it's on Amazon Prime. Um, But that's what I got going so far. Yeah. And some shows, but... That's in like a few months, so I'm not going to promote that. <laughs> if you want to go to the shows, see the shows, follow her. You heard it here first, not first. At, at some point. M-A-T-H-E-W-S. You heard it at some point. Again, thank you. If you guys have any Stixies, if you've got any, I should probably start calling them Stixies. That's kind of cute. A sticky situation is now a Stixie. Oh, I love that. Stixie. It makes it a little less, you know. Scary. Yeah, it makes it fun, kind of. Kind of want some Stixies. Yeah. <laughs> just, if you, you want to find some Stixies, sticks? Oh, that's what exactly what I just thought of. So good. Which was your favorite color? Ooh, I really liked the blue. I was just going to say blue. I, I wasn't going to expect that answer. What about Starburst? I, pink. Oh, jeez. Oh, well, okay, what about Runts? Wait, Runts? Remember? They, they're like little tricks, but hard candies instead of the... Oh, God. I don't want to get it wrong. Well... <laughs> I have two. I have two that just come out. I have two. Mine are just anything but banana. Oh, ew. Okay, good. No, no, no. Oh, the I think the little apple. I think there's a little apple. Oh, ap- oh there's like a little heart. Or oh, an orange. Runtz. I know what you're talking about. Runts. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I like the pink one. Yeah. Okay, Probably. favorite cereal on three. 
One, two, three. Cinnamon Apple Toast Crunch. Ooh, we were close, and that's all the time we have. <laughs> if you have any Stixies or burning concerns, call us at 805-751-9071. You give us your age, and we'll do the best we can. And that's all we can do, because it is what it is. See you next week on Just a Tip. Just Bye. a Tip. Oh, nice. The singing hey. is coming out. <laughs> that was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>